Morning, everybody. When I saw this passage, I thought, great, I love John chapter 14. It's a sort of go-to passage in the Bible if ever I'm in need or anything. It, it comforts me. And I love these words. I thought, wow, preaching on them. And then I thought, actually, it's all about love. And words in a sermon cannot convey love because love has to be experienced. So it wasn't as easy to write this as I thought it was going to be. But there are going to be some stories, so I hope they will illustrate what is meant by this passage. And I first became aware of it when I was seven. I used to be a wonderful little Baptist girl who thought that all other denominations were a bit sort of suspect. But fortunately, we had an enlightened minister And one day he arranged a Sunday school swap with a local Anglican church. So off we trotted, and I didn't really understand much of the beginning of the sermon at all. And then I was a bit put out when I realized we weren't going out to their Sunday school. We had to stay in all the time. But then a very kindly-looking gentleman, the the, uh, vicar, stood up. And his very first words were, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. I don't know if it was the gentle sound of his voice or the comforting way he spoke. I don't know, but something spoke to my heart that morning, something powerful and something which was completely beyond my understanding. But even though I had a really happy childhood, I knew that if I ever needed Jesus, he would come to me. I couldn't put it into words. I didn't understand. But it did have a profound impression upon me. I've remembered it for the rest of my life, as you can tell. (laughs) And I've been rereading the Chronicles of Narnia. I bought a box set online. Ten pounds, it was great. Um, And I thought, I'll reread them before I pass them on to my grandchildren. I'm having a wonderful time. And I came across this little passage. Um, The Chronicles of Narnia, if you don't know, are written by C.S. Lewis. Um, The second book is The Lion, the Witch of the Wardrobe, which is the most famous, of course. And Aslan in the story is, of course, the Lion of Judah, Jesus. And I have to apologize, but there are speaking beavers. But I'm going to read you a small passage from it. They say Aslan is on the move. Perhaps he has already landed. And now a very curious thing happened. None of the children knew who Aslan was, any more than you do. But the moment the beaver had spoken these words, everyone felt quite different. Perhaps it has something happened, sometimes happened to you in a dream that someone says something which you don't understand. But in the dream it feels as if it has some enormous meaning. A lovely meaning, too lovely to put into words, which makes the dream so beautiful that you remember it all your life and are wishing you could get into that dream again. It was like that now. And it was like that when I first heard the vicar say, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Of course, I didn't know that there'd be troubles and trials in my later life. And yes, I can vouch the fact that whenever I've needed him, Jesus has come. But in this passage, Jesus had been teaching his disciples 
about his impending death. They were feeling devastated. They relied on him. They loved his teaching. They were thrilled by the miracles he did. He gave honor to the poor in spirit and he deflated the self-righteous. And they loved being in his presence. How could they manage without him? Of course, they had no idea that they would see Jesus again physically and in the flesh. And they didn't know that they'd be bowled over by the Holy Spirit, which filled them with joy and power and love, and they had no idea what would happen in the upper room. But there must have been something comforting in the words as Jesus spoke them. He wasn't going to leave them as orphans. He would come to them. Yeah, I think there are times in our lives when we do feel bereft and rather lost and there may be some here who are feeling that where disappointment, sadness, illness and tragedy come and sometimes you may feel cut off from the grace of God but Jesus will come to you that's what God's love is all about he never wants us to be apart So rest assured, he will come to you and comfort you. Later in the passage, Jesus said, He who comes to me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And I know I've been speaking to many people over the years. A lot of people have a problem with intimacy with the Father God mainly because their fathers may have been absent physically or emotionally, or they just haven't had a good relation with their their earthly fathers, or some earthly fathers have been downright nasty to them. And it's very difficult to relate to a father God when that is the case. And I was reading a book by Philip Yancey, Disappointment with God, And he never knew his father. He had no recollection of him at all. And one day he went to visit his mother. And as mothers do, they got out all the photograph albums. And there was one picture which was particularly crumpled. And it was him as a baby. And he said, but mum, there are lots and lots of really lovely photographs. What's the significance? Why have you kept this crumpled one? And she said, when you were 10 months old, um, his father had gone down with spinal polio, totally paralyzed, and he was in an iron lung. And he'd managed to ask the mother to take in photographs of herself and the two boys. And Philip was amongst them, of course, and she managed to squeeze it in underneath a bolt um, that was on the iron lungs, somewhere where he could actually look up and see the photographs. Three months later, sadly, he died. And the children, of course, they hadn't been allowed to visit. And Philip was too young to remember anyway. And when his mother told him the story, Philip was just amazed that someone he had no memory of, no sensory knowledge of, spent all of, uh, or this person, this father, had spent all of every day thinking of him, 
devoting himself to him and loving him. And I'm now quoting from the book. The emotions I felt when my mother showed me the crumpled photo were the same emotions I felt that February night in a college dorm. When I first believed in a God of love, someone is there, I realized. Someone is watching life as it unfolds on this planet. More, someone is there who loves me. It was a startling feeling of wild hope, a feeling so new and overwhelming that it seemed fully worthy risking my life on. And so if people here, or if you know people who haven't yet discovered the love the Father has for you, remember this, it's as if he's had your photo on his heart all this time, and he's been loving you all that time, and he's just waiting to get to know you. Now I was going to show a picture here, it'll be in the next 11 o'clock service, and it's of a father crouching down hugging a little toddler to death almost there's there's such a tight embrace it's as if the little toddler has been lost and you know they run off and they lose daddy sometimes and then they've suddenly he's run back and he's so pleased to be in his father's arms again and that's what it's like if we've been separated from our father god and we run to him and he holds us he clasps us tight Jesus also said, because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. And our Father God came to earth through Jesus, his Son. Jesus is the human expression of our Father God and of his love. And we can know this love through the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to attempt to explain the Trinity here. But God invites us into his presence through the Trinity. And if we enter in, in some mysterious way, it does begin to make sense. And I know some people find artwork really helpful. And in the next service, I'm going to be showing a triptych, which is it's a picture of the three people of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're sitting around a table, and the two that are closest are holding their arms out, and there's a space on the table, and it's laid and ready for you to go and join them. And I know some people look at this picture, and it really helps to draw them into the presence of the Trinity. And there's a meal going on. And of course, a meal means you're in a place of intimacy and you talk over the meal. So if you find it difficult to enter the presence and art is your thing, then look out for these. You can see them on the internet. Just put in Christian triptychs and they come up. They pop up all over the place. Other people find words, written words, words in the Bible, words written in books that help them to draw closer into the presence of God. And others find music really helpful. Some others like perfect silence. So we're going to have a little bit of each towards the end of the sermon.
So I, at the, after the, at the end of the sermon, there will be, I shall read some words and then we shall have a track that uh, Steve's going to play to us. And when that fades out, there'll be a, a mo- little time of silence and I shall finish with a prayer. But Jesus went on to say, because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. I've gone to the wrong place. I've said that already. <laughs> um, here we are. Jesus loves us, and he trusts us to do his will. And if we truly love him, we won't want to let him down. We shall truly desire to do his will. And Jesus had also said, "Before we, uh, sorry, on that day you'll realize that I'm in my Father, you are in me, I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Now we heard in Deuteronomy where it said, love me and do my will. And of course, they tried to. They tried to keep the law and they failed time and time and time again. And Jesus had to come to be the sacrifice not to do away with the law but help us to keep his his rules so Jesus wasn't actually saying we have to do everything right following all his commands perfectly to prove that we love him what he was saying was when you love me when you truly love me you will automatically want to follow my commands And I want to give you an example from a human perspective. I had a wonderful father, and in the late 1960s, I'm giving my age away now, I was about to leave to go to university. And in the late 1960s, all through the 60s, it was the permissive society, anything goes, people were questioning authority, and this was going on especially amongst students. So before I left, I said, do you have any advice for me, Dad? And he was silent for a minute. And then he said, I trust you. And that hit me. That was so powerful. Because I loved my father. And I didn't want to do anything which would upset him. And I only wanted to do the things that he would like me to do. And it's rather like that. When we come to love Jesus, the amazing thing is, he trusts us. He actually trusts us. And we won't want to let him down. I know we will, but we won't want to. And we shall want to do the things he asks us to do. And the beauty of it is that When we do fail him, we can come to him and ask for forgiveness and he will forgive us. But if we truly love him, we shall desire to do his will. So I'm going to read another excerpt from the Chronicles of Narnia. And then we'll go into the track, which I think Steve's ready. So let's let's have this. C.S. Lewis gave one of the best descriptions I've read 
of what it's like to be enthralled, just drawn up into the love of God. Both the children were looking up into Aslan's face. All at once, they never knew exactly how it happened. The face seemed to be a sea of tossing gold in which they were floating, and such sweetness and power rolled about them and over them and entered them. They felt they had never been wise or good or even alive and awake before. And the memory of that moment stayed with them always, so that as long as they both lived, if ever they were sad or afraid or angry, the thought of all that golden goodness and the feeling that it was still there, quite close, just around some corner or just behind some door would come back and make them sure, deep down inside, that all was well.